back, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the E14 podcast. There she is. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to E14 podcast. As I shake the, the video camera, as I settle in here. You spill a drink, though. That's important. <laughs> of course not. I'm a sailor. <laughs> I'm Jamie Britt. I'm Heath Britt. And uh, we are so excited to have you back. Cheers, Cheers. to episode two. We're very excited about today's topic. Before we get started, let's go ahead and do our disclaimer. Um, the views and opinions expressed here on the E14 podcast are those of our own. They do not reflect the United States Navy in any way or our respective commands. So take it or leave it. <laughs> Saying, not, I hope we don't make anybody mad. Yeah. Disclaimer, it's important. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to show everyone. I don't know if you could see it. Our uh, nice drinking glasses. No, you can't see it. Can't see it it says, good. It says uh, Senior Chief Bo Cephas. You want to tell? Oh, Bo Cephas. Well, I'm not getting too much into it, but uh, when I was going through chief season, uh -huh. that that uh, when I made chief or selected, they gave me a nickname. Bo Cephas, uh, that's Hank Williams Jr.'s uh, nickname, and I sang a lot of Hank Williams Jr. song that year, and I was, I like to think I was pretty good. I probably wasn't very good, but mm -hmm. in my own mind, I was great. Well, at least you're living the legend, you I know, am. carrying yeah. on the legend. <laughs> well, yeah. They don't, they don't, it's not usually more of my first ship in July, so oh. my first ship when I was a chief. So we didn't go into that the last episode. Let's go ahead and let everyone know that you are a senior chief, been in for how? 24 and a half, 24 and some change. Uh, almost 25, 25 years. years this is why we always pre record our episodes. He can't be trusted. <laughs> after, after 24 years of naval service and old crusty senior chief, we have to pre record our episodes. We do not have a bleep button. No, we should invest in one, though. We should. I think it might save us from a lawsuit <laughs> <laughs> one day. <laughs> so, so, in the event that he says something that uh, is off kilter, uh, we. But hey, in my defense, though, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good. We only had to record twice last time. Yeah. Just twice. I mean, I was counting the first, the first time, and second one went a lot smoother. Yeah, I had to tell you what you could and could not say, but you know, he's getting used to it. He's not in the public eye much. He's uh, he's. A, He's a salty salt. How many years of sea duty do you have? 13 years. Old. Yeah. 13 Something years like that, of salty sailor. Okay. So if you can imagine, there's a lot of beep, I the seven seas, me matey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is uh, how we became E14 is, um, you know, he is the senior chief E8. I am a first class E6 and we added them together. To bring you E14 podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're doing math right this time. Use the calculator. <laughs> Sailor math. <laughs> Sailor math. <laughs> <laughs> On the calculator. <laughs> so we're really excited about the topic that we have to bring oh, to you topic. today. Awesome. And, you know, of course, we always uh, stem this off of our real life mm -hmm. situations and conversations that we have um, in our home and then we bring it to you, uh, just to maybe help to give you hope, offer some ideas that maybe you hadn't thought of. And, um, definitely, you know, that's, what's great about this is that we're not preaching to you because we're not perfect because no, we're preaching this, to ourselves. <laughs> yes. So this is us talking, basically we're letting you in on a, Hey, self, you got, you know, you know, get up, dust off and keep going. Yeah. 
So today we want to talk about avoiding, um, what is it? Avoid how to avoid broaching. We even forgot our title, how to avoid broaching. So for those non nautical people like myself, no pin. Well, you know, for those non nautical people, I'm an Airedale (laughs) air traffic control. Um, what is broached? Can you tell us? Broach is basically, uh, go back to the old Navy days selling and then even present day with the sailboats recreational. Basically, when you hit heavy seas, heavy uh, wind, when you're you're not controlling your own heading, basically the the elements are controlling which way your boat goes for you, which is not a good thing because it usually goes where you don't want to go. So you're you're sailing and uh, wind. The wind, the waves, the wind can lift your boat up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then lift the, the rudders out, and no matter how much you stir that turn that ship on the helm, the rudders aren't doing anything. It's the wind and the waves are pushing you in the direction that they want you, they to, want go. you to go. It's not where you want to go. <laughs> so, so there's broach and then there's broaching. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna so pull up the uh, yeah, bro- broaching has a little different meaning. But I'm gonna read it and then we'll talk about it. Is when the boat heels to too far to one side or capsizes, the boat falls on its ear, the bow driving into the direction of the wind. The mass tips sideways, forcing the sails to sweep the water surface or submerge. A broach can shred sails and toss crewmen overboard. Okay, so broaching. Basically, and you can Google this. You'll see it itself, but I, I did it myself. But uh, basically, you're moving. The wind pushes your, so you're going like this. The wind might push you on that side. And you're actually either underwater, part of your boat's underwater, or touching the surface of the water. Now, we can see how that'd be dangerous because, you know, Lead to capsizing. Capsizing. Also, just that dragging will knock people overboard, and that's really bad in uh, in heavy seas. It causes a lot of drowning, and then or it could destroy a really expensive boat. Yeah. That side. And, and you slow your progress moving forward. Okay, if definitely. well, I mean, if you could even call that moving forward because you're in the wrong direction. Right. You're on the side. Right. And you're going whatever way the wind is taking you. So going, you might be moving in a forward direction, but it's not where you want to go. Right. Because obviously you don't want to go forward that way. No. So No. And you can cause a lot of uh, a wake of destruction in, in, in your path going that direction. Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we brought you this topic today, avoiding broaching it, because um, with everything that's going on in the world today, with things that are going on in our life, oh, yeah. There was a lot of outside factors that were causing us to go off course. They were causing us to tip over um, and keep us from our goals moving forward in the direction that we wanted to go to. And so without getting into too many details, we actually had gone through a very personal experience this last week. And for three days, I kid you not, I probably I canceled my podcasts, canceled my um, plans with my friends on Saturday night and just kind of, I didn't study for my exam. Let's talk about that exam thing. Yeah. I, so, so the point that I'm getting to is that I, because all of this stuff was going around outside, I shut down my growth internally. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy? Something that I could not control. It's actually somebody else's actions that did not affect me, they, their actions 
I shut down. I didn't do, I didn't grow from this, you know? I didn't go see my friends. I didn't get on the Savage Squad podcast because I just couldn't, I just didn't feel like being on camera. I didn't get on my exercise channel, the CFL exercise channel, and I completely shut down. And the Savage Squad had a really great guest on it. This I know. And I was so looking forward to talking with him, a motivational uh, speaker. And um, yeah, so it was actually somebody else that caused me to get off, of course. So their actions. And and so many times you may do this and you don't even know. You know, I remember as a young air traffic controller, I'll tell a story that I can give details on. Um, we had the civilian who was a retired air, air traffic controller in flight planning. And I was just a young air traffic, uh, AC3 maybe. Um, and I was learning flight planning soup. And uh, this is where the pilots go to plan out their flight, you know, make sure they, they plot it all right um, on the map. And he told me, I don't think females should be air traffic controllers. He said, y'all have a lot of emotion in your voice and you don't have a very commanding voice on the air. And I remember as a young air traffic controller thinking like, well, (laughs) I just signed up for like five years of this. So you better take me. (laughs) But, But I remember thinking that. And at first, when I first started training in the radar room, I was nervous to speak because of what he said. I was nervous to speak that I didn't have the commanding voice, that they weren't going, the pilots weren't going to listen to me, that, you know, I I had too much emotion or or maybe they could sense the nervousness over the air. And so I froze. I I remember the first time and, and, you know, the instructor that I was working with, he was like, talk, talk, you know, and I was like, I... I don't know. It's (laughs) nothing, nothing was coming out of my mouth. And I froze based on what this guy told me. He told me that. No, no. It's so, how crazy is that? I, I deterred my forward momentum, my goals of getting, um, it was, I think it was final control, getting final control qualified because of what this guy said, and he didn't know me from anybody. He just was expressing whatever it is he thought, and I let him get in my head, and I couldn't talk. And, you know, of course, I overcame it and, and ended up getting final control and moving on from that. But the, but the point is, is that from that very moment, that very beginning where I could have been moving forward, I didn't. I froze. But I want to, I want to, don't you flip that coin, okay? Final control is what eight, 10 miles in? Ten, yeah. 10 miles uh-huh. in, so the par, right? Yeah. What did the pilot tell you about your controlling ability on the par? So as this I this is what I'm talking about. As I got qualified, as I, you know, started working on my own, um, there was actually a really, really, really bad weather day. And I was at Corpus Christi. Um, it was really bad weather. I don't remember what was coming in. I don't know if it was hurricane season. I, it was a long time ago. I've been in for 15 years now, so you have to forgive me. But 
it was just like fog, you know, sometimes in, in Corpus, that fog would just come in with no warning. Okay. And so it came in one night and they couldn't see the deck at all. They could, they could not see anything. And, you know, by this time I had run hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of successful approaches. So for me, it was nothing, but for them, my voice, the calmness of my voice, the softness of my voice was soothing because they were nervous. So instead of being a hindrance with your female voice or whatever it is, it actually helped that pilot control his uh, nerves. It actually did, yeah. Successful landing in bad weather. For yeah. Him. He was a young ensign, right? He was, he was, and then, um, you know, even the the uh, instructor pilot in the back, because, you know, it was a, it's a training um it's a training base so you always have your student pilot and then your instructor in the back they were like thank you so much because we couldn't see anything they couldn't see the deck they couldn't see the the field and they said your calm voice and your you know at that point i had confidence you know that your confidence helped us and the thing about corpus uh christy being that close uh south texas i get some hellacious storms yeah, it, it wasn't a storm. I believe it was just that weird fog that just. Oh, okay. It all the time. Yeah. It's terrible. You know, it's real it's humid a, there. So it it was um, it was at that moment that I realized, man, that guy was so wrong. He was so wrong. He was off. He was off. off by but rewind to my first day on final, he got in my head. Okay. And how many times? How many times have we let somebody say something and kept us from being great? Or we let somebody else's actions keep us from being great? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, have you ever had uh, that? Yeah. I mean, so coming first year, my first uh, duty in the Navy was on the ship, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and it was, when you jump on that ship, uh, it was like, you know, crazy like this is broken this is, you know it's a big it's a big carrier so there's a lot right. of people a lot of equipment i remember uh then fly from 0700 three in the morning something crazy like that uh out to sea and working hard i mean mm -hmm. never, not sleeping a whole bunch of that. not because they wouldn't let you because you took pride and you wanted to see see a problem yeah it was fixed so fast forward uh four and a half years from there and i went to uh, yes, corpus christi also it was pre 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 Jamie, yeah, but it was O two. A lot uh, of things in his naval career <laughs> were pre. I think I was at E five when I graduated high school. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I get to Corpus, and and everybody's like lackadaisy. Not everybody. Yeah. Uh, some of the people I work, some of the people in my shop were lackadaisy, like there was broken stuff, and they're like, eh, "I'm not sure we do." Hmm. We'll get it. We'll get it. You know what? I think for about two days, I jumped. I fell into that. I just, I just couldn't do it. There's broke stuff that needs to be fixed. And then we, we ended up getting some, some other leadership in, uh, that believed what I believed. Yeah. And I, you know, I, four, four, but I ain't lie for a couple of days after four and a half years of, uh, of, of all hands on deck, beating yourself up, working 18 hour days, that, that easy life sounded pretty good. You're just tired. Well, yeah. you know, and the culture, or the environment that you walked into. Oh, I was like that. It was like, it was like why like, fix it? And, 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 and the, what's in the, the need? In defense to people that worked there with me, a lot of times, a lot of that was right before their time. You know, when they got there, 
it was a whole culture change. They well, right before their time, they fell into the old the old culture that yeah. was like, why I fix it? Yeah. Why I fix it? And then here we are. Well, not not why I fix it, but don't don't kill yourself. Oh, don't kill no, yourself. Don't, don't, don't rush it. You know, and take it sorted, right? Yeah, that island, that island time. And and you know, I couldn't do I couldn't do it. A couple of days, I just you know felt guilty. But you know, when I finally when I finally started working on it and really getting knee deep in it, then you know what? That's that's contagious. Hmm. But you know, you yeah. were that. You told me about uh, that poster you saw about the fish. Oh yeah, like you got. I saw this. I think. Uh, I saw it on this show, uh, Fargo. I mean, I think it, uh, Fargo, the movie Fargo. This guy walks in the basement, uh, and it's and honestly, I didn't see it at first. A good buddy of mine pointed it out to me. Uh, it was a whole bunch of poster of these fish going. Say they're going left. Oh, okay. There's a poster full of fish going left. And there's one little fish going right, and it says, "Which one is right?" Hmm. Is it is it to go with the crowd or the one guy saying no? I don't like the way the crowd's going. I don't believe in that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way. Yeah. And that's that's kind of I guess kind of how it was at first. But then everybody jumped on board. It's like instead of just me working behind whatever was radar, whatever it was, I look around. It's like three or four or five people working with me. And and but once the job is done and the stuff is fixed, life is easy. It is short. Mm-hmm. You just maintain it. If it breaks, all right, you got one broken instead of five broken. Let's pull it back here. Let's work on it. All right, it's fixed. Roll it back. But you had to change that culture. Yeah, you I, had to be the it, fish. It, it, yeah, well, I don't think it was just me. Uh, it was a lot because you got that um, good friend of mine, uh, retired uh, senior chief, came in and, and he was a young chief and I was a second class. He came in with that same mentality. I mean, he threw his coveralls on and was working with us, you know. Yeah. That's how important it was for him to do that. And uh, and we got it up. We did it. All of us together, we did it. And I, I, I don't think it would change with just me. It took a, it's a group effort to get all that done. And then I'll, one more story. Uh, no, that's about uh, you. And we talked the last time was about limitations, but this kind of put you know set limits on yourself. But this kind of the same way if you're if you're telling yourself, "Ooh, I didn't think about that." That you're not, that you're not good enough, or whatever it is. So I remember uh, being a first class and or second class. You know, you have mm-hmm. dreams of making rank and way above oh, yeah. what you are. You know. I've seen all these great first classes and I can name them off, I'm not going to, but really guys I looked up to, girls that I looked up to, ladies that were awesome. Yes, babe, you're gonna make it that <laughs> like that. But as a young, younger, younger sailor, younger Navy guy, I said, What why are those guys not making it? What's make what makes me think that I'm good enough to do it? Like you're saying that they're if so they great. If they can't do it, if they can't make if they the, can't pick up the rank. Why, why, what makes me think I can? Ooh. You know, I actually, and that's been years ago, you know, at least 10, 10 to 15 years ago, I still remember that, thinking that thought, what makes me great. But, you know, eventually you got to be like, look, I'm just going to do my best and let the cards fall how they will. Yeah. And you see what happens. And uh, that's what I did. And it, it's, it worked out pretty good. Just putting those away and just like busting your butt, doing the best you can. Uh, work as hard as you can possibly work and hope people notice. Yeah. That's all you can do at the end of the day. You know, it. It's so true because last week we talked about deep fixing your limits and not standing in your own way. But, but this week it seems that all these other outside entities, even like you said, even looking at those people and saying, well, if they can't do it, why can I, which is standing in your own way. But in addition to that, it is also 
like, you know, comparing yourself to other people. Instead of that guy telling you your voice is too soft or, or whatever, uh -huh. you're telling yourself, my voice is too my soft. My voice is too soft. They'll never yeah, respect me. It doesn't matter where it comes from outside or inside your own head. Um, it can affect you. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, then we start to lean and we start to drag yep. and we start to get off course. Definitely. And uh, we have really had to do some self-reflection, especially me within that last, uh -huh. the last three days. I've had to do some self-reflection and figure out how to overcome this. Because when I say frozen, uh, here I am frozen yet again. Haven't studied for my exam in the last two days, three it's days. You're online now. Huh? You're online in front of the camera. I didn't make it online. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. But <laughs> but but how do you how do you overcome this? Okay. How do you overcome the outside forces messing with your course? And wouldn't you think we wrote some notes down? <laughs> I'll read the first one if that's okay. Okay. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Ask yourself. Am I on course? Yes, that's true. Because like we said before, you could be moving forward, but it's not in a direction that you want to go. So the wind could have blown you off. You're you're leaning over and you may be moving forward. To a brick wall maybe, but you're moving like, forward. Well, like this podcast. Yeah. I'm moving forward. Is it going to help me make chief? Nope. <laughs> I still got to get on that course. I'm not on course yet. I'm not on course yet. And I'm gonna tell you right here in front of god and everybody the nation i'm not on course yet but i am moving i'm making course directions i'm moving forward at least yeah. you know but time. but like you said you have to ask yourself am, am i on course and i just had to ask myself that in real time time now am i on course no i'm not full disclosure full <laughs> real life so yeah, look, look, ask yourself the hard questions. You know, if you've ever been in charge of anybody, you gotta, sometimes you gotta ask those ladies, men and ladies, ladies and men that work for you. Um, are you where you want to be? Mm. Are you doing the right things? And the military is a little more intrusive in the civilian life. I'm assuming I've never, I don't know. I don't, you can tell me more. It is. It is. But uh, <clears throat> you gotta ask those hard questions. It's not, and it's harder to look yourself in the mirror. I hate marriage. Because I got to look myself in the mirror, and that's hard to do sometimes. So ask yourself those hard questions, like uh, like Jamie said. Yeah, and in a lot of times, and I'll add this to that that first question: Am I on course? A lot of times, we lie to ourselves. So be truthful. You'll say, "Yeah, I'm on course. I'm doing this. I printed out the notes. I'm on course." That's not on course. Okay, on course is getting getting past all of that lying to yourself and playing around and really getting down to the business, which I promise you I will do, but it is, it is, you know, getting down to the business, not the, oh, I made this, I did this today. Uh, you know, I printed out my bibs. Yeah, no, that that's not on course. That's not getting yourself on course. That's like you said, making course corrections. Great. Course corrections are great, they are great. They're but great. they're still not mm -hmm. picking you up off that lean or off that, um, which is call it heel or cause the, cause the ship to heel or, yeah, or, or tip over. You're not, lift, uh, you're not, you're not re, uh, correcting your, your broachiness incident. Right. 
But remember, it is I'm not saying you sit on your uh, laurels all day and not do anything, but it is mm -hmm. a marathon, not a race. That's true. So, so, but don't let life pass you by. Right. All right. If you can, if you can correct a little more, don't, what I'm saying is don't fool yourself into saying, well, I printed out this, these notes for my exam and that's good enough for today because you know, darn well, it's not, you can do more, you know, whatever your. Don't wait till the storm's over. No, no. So the next one we're going to do is, is, uh, what made me lean? What made me lean? So recognizing what made you. What made you, uh, what, what caused the broaching? Yeah. It's half the battle. Exactly. It really is half the battle. What was it that got you to get off course? What was it that got you to lean over and dip into the water? What, it, what was it? Because if you don't do this, if you skip this step, which we almost skipped it, but if you skip this step, we'll get it out later. <laughs> if you skip it, it is, if you don't understand what made you lean, right. it could come back right. and make you lean again. You got to understand what caused the, what caused the issue mm -hmm. that, that stops you, that got you off direction with where, where you were going. Because before. how can you combat that? You know, how can you combat that later on if you don't know what it was? Exactly. Exactly. And some of it's obvious, uh, but some of it's not so obvious. Like we, we've talked about like fitness, for right. example, if you got off course because you hurt your knee, well, duh, I hurt my knee that like, duh. But, um, you know, sometimes it's not as obvious. Sometimes it's maybe somebody said something to you and you're like, Wow, you've been working out for three months. I don't see no gains. <laughs> and you're like, well, what? I'm not going to work out anymore. Right, 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 right. What good does that do? And, uh, I guarantee you won't see no gains if you stop. <laughs> or you, if you if your run time doesn't improve, uh, it doesn't. It's not definitely not going to improve if you stop. I guarantee you that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get better just sitting on the couch eating potato chips. I promise you. Yeah, we've done it. I tried. It doesn't work. Real life <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. Okay, now we can get into uh, how how can I correct it? How can you correct it? So now these are the hard hitting questions. Yeah. You know that you were in a pickle. Right. You know you're off course. You know what it was that made you off course. Now we have to figure out how you can correct it and bring that ship up right and start guiding you towards the direction you, you want to go. Not where everybody else wants you to go. Yeah. And so that's that's the story that you were gonna tell. I was gonna tell it, like well, if she stopped me, but it, it felt like a good segue. I was wrong. That's why she's in charge. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. No, you tell, you tell her nothing. Okay, I so like your, I like your. All right, so we were in <laughs> no, we were in church today, and our preacher was talking about Hurricane Katrina and his um, you know, his dealings with Hurricane Katrina, and so he stayed through the storm and you know for those of you that don't know we're here in louisiana we've got um the new orleans harbor right behind us um we're just outside of new orleans we're so <laughs> back to the subject all right so he was talking about hurricane katrina you know and he decided to stay through the storm now during the storm he had water flowing through his house, a couple of feet of water flowing through his house. And, and he told his wife, as soon as these waters start receding, we're going to work. And that struck me because I thought, 
you know what? A lot of times we wait for the storm to pass. Whatever storm we're in, we wait for it to pass and then we start making changes. Mm -hmm. We start making corrections and we start trying to fix the damage that the storm has caused. But he started working through the storm. And so their carpets bubbled up. You wouldn't tell it their, how their oh, carpets yeah. bubbled up? Uh, it was bubbled up like uh, it looked like. Or floating. It was like 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 a magician was there, like you were watching a magic show because the water <laughs> the water would come in and cause air bubbles. It would just lift up. He said it was the darnest thing you ever seen. He never would imagine carpet would do that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was just bubbling up almost like. Like air pockets like coming was, up under it. It was levitating in the, uh, in the air. It was crazy. He said it was, it was, it was nuts. Yeah. So anyway, when when water saturates your carpets, of course, it makes it heavy. And so he said as soon as he told his wife, as soon as the water start receding, we're going to work. As soon as it got down to a couple of inches, he started cutting his carpet and making strips so that they can pull that carpet out. I guess he said the strips were about that that wide, but about 12 foot long. Mm -hmm. So that would have weighed about 100 150 pounds, maybe even 200 pounds soaking wet. And so what they did was they used the storm water that was flowing through their house. Just about six to seven inches. Instead yeah. Of two, three, they four. used that to carry the carpet out. He and said his daughter was pulling it yeah, out. Yeah, his seven-year-old daughter was pulling it out. And I thought, man, he, he worked in the storm. He figured out how to make the storm work for him. Yeah. And that's what he challenged us to do is to figure out how to make the storm work for us. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I'm still working on. How, how am I, how am I going to make this storm work for me? I have a couple ideas. But if you are in a storm, if you are struggling, we are going to challenge you to figure out how to make the storm work for you. And yeah. I just think that's so amazing. It, great. It's so amazing because if anybody ever told me or if anybody ever said, I'd never, I'd never wait for the storm to end before I did anything, they're a liar. Because mm -hmm. I've done it. I was like, man, I'm like dealing with this right now. Yeah, I'm just going to hide under the covers. Hide under the covers until this thing's over with and I'll come out. Yeah, we're, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, when we say storm, obviously we're figuratively speaking, uh, uh -huh. not just Hurricane Katrina, but anything you're going through. Let's just wait for this to pass and we'll attack it. Maybe. Maybe sometimes it's better to attack a lot's happening. Well, if he would have waited, let's yeah, let's good. go into that. Yeah, if he would have waited for the hurricane to pass and all the water to hit, he would have had soggy carpets and they'd have been pass. heavy. He wouldn't have been able to pick them up. Yeah. He'd have had to have several men. He'd have had to have machinery possibly in his mm -hmm. house picking yeah. up that. But his seven-year-old daughter was able to take it out with the water. Yeah. And we're definitely not here to tell you how to do your do your, deal with your issues, but it's something to think about. Food yeah, for thought. We're not certified. All we know is that the storms of life, we're battling them. And that struck me because I was like, yeah, how really, are we going to figure out how to make this storm? I tell you, when he told me that, my ears perked up. I was like, wow. Yeah. I never, I never thought of it, but that's a, definitely a real life situation that happened that can it speaks volumes on a lot of stuff what people's going through today. Mm -hmm. It relates. It does. It does. <clears throat> even when you're broaching in a ship, even when you're broaching in a ship, you can still use that backstay mm -hmm. to go into the downwind. There's ways to uh, bring your to bring, bring your ship, ship back upright. upright while you're in the storm. So that's, I guess, that's our challenge. Right. 
Don't don't wait till the storm's over. Tack it head on. And do good. Do good and pull yourself out of it. And and continue towards your goals. Don't con, don't be happy to go forward in a different direction. Right. You know, and just if you are leaning, if you are feeling like you are about to capsize, there's hope. Just think about it. There's there's some symptoms, I guess, or ways to know if you're falling away from your uh, your goals. Like one of the big one is so something you were doing that you took great enjoyment of mm -hmm. uh, that whatever is working out, whatever it was, whether it could be anything. And now it's a tasking. It's a it's a annoying tasking. You might want to reevaluate re and do one of these steps. Either ask yourself, "Am I on course? What made you lean?" And how do I get back on, correct mm -hmm. your course, get back on course? Because that's a, that's a telltale sign right there. That's, that's You're right. textbook. Um, yeah. So that's a good way to tell. Like, like I know, like when I take a, took a couple weeks off working out because of work and I try to get back into it. I'm like, I would sit here coffee and talk <laughs> to you, hang out with Jamie. And, uh, but I got to do it right. Mm -hmm. Give Jamie, we'll talk an hour and then I'm working out after that hour. Yeah. And that's usually why, that's why we get up so early. But, uh, Cause it was, a, it was, it was not something I looked forward to doing, but after I did it a few times, it, you got to push through, you got power through it. But after you get through that initial, initial stage of being annoyed, it becomes like it was before. Yeah. So not easy, but it's doable. That's a great anyway. telltale. If you did have a goal and all of a sudden it becomes a chore, start asking yourself those questions. But you know, like we mentioned before, we are not, uh, professionals in any way. We just offer our life experience and what we have seen and what we have dealt with and how we are dealing with it. And we hope that it helps you. We're, and not, we're not shrinks. <laughs> we're, not, we're not counselors of any sort. We just have a lot of life experiences between like 40 years of naval service. Naval yeah. Service so, so, uh, like I said, we, we, uh, I think we give some, some good advice and, and if yeah, you, if you have any advice to that's offer fine. us, please, please, please email us at e14podcast at gmail.com. No tap, just e14podcast at gmail.com. Message us, comment, um, and offer your advice. We'll read it here on our podcast, you know, and talk about it or offer your story, offer whatever it is you're going through so that we can all just get stronger and, and learn from each other. We're all growing together here. So uh, it takes it takes a little bit of everybody to get to improve. So definitely, if you have any ideas, please, please hit us up. And if you have a story you'd like us to share, please let us know. Yeah. And as always, we thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate and hope you have a great week.